0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Today's episode of Big Screen Sports is brought to you by BarkBox. Treat your pets with one free extra month of BarkBox at getbarkbox.com slash screen. That's getbarkbox.com slash screen. The mighty jungle, the sleeps tonight. Oh. Hey guys, sorry, Blake. My mom made me put on my jacket Shut and up. then she made me do the dishes. <laughs> oh, your poor little mommy made you do the <laughs> big you fat
2: dishes. Hey, you want some more?
1: Some more what? No, 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 you want a more. I haven't had anything yet. So, how can I have some more of nothing? Shut up! You're killing me, smalls. Welcome back to Big Screen Sports. Today, we're covering The Sandlot. As always, I'm your host, Kyle Banduho. If you're a first-time listener, the purpose of this podcast is to go over the realism of sports movies, for better or for worse. The Sandlot, though, for the most part, seems like a pretty perfect movie in most ways. On today's episode, I was fortunate to be joined by Lana Barry to heap a lot of praise on the movie, because it is a classic, but it also does have a few important questions that need to be asked, and just some general fun stuff to talk about. Uh, please remember to subscribe so you get new episodes right when they drop. In the upcoming weeks, we've got Ten Cup, Necessary Roughness, and Bad News Bears. Not to mention, we've got a couple months' worth of past episodes on both some really good and a couple really bad movies to check out. Biggest thanks to everyone who's left a rating and a review. Those help a ton as far as the podcast performance, and they just mean a lot to read. I really enjoy hearing what you guys are thinking about the podcast. If you agree or disagree with some of the things uh, me and the guests talk about, Um, You know, the the fun thing about sports movies Is that there's a lot of debate to them So with that, you know, follow the podcast on Twitter At big underscore screen sport And Instagram at big screen sports pod And get in the loop on upcoming episodes uh, You know, what movies you want to see What guests you want to have And, you know, what disagreements or agreements you have As far as, uh, you know, some topics we bring up on the podcast With that, I think it's time to get into The Sandlot With Lana Berry (music) I'm really excited to introduce tonight's guest. You know her as Atlanta on Twitter, Lana Berry. Lana, how are you doing tonight?
3: I'm great. How are you?
1: I'm, I'm doing great. I'm, I'm really excited <laughs> that you're coming on the podcast. Lana, before we, before we get going to talk about this movie, just tell everyone what you've been up to because there's no really one oh. thing that you can point to and say, you know, Lana from this.
3: I know. Well, it's true, and I always am doing like so many different things, and that's you know, I I like that I'm not defined as one thing, but it's always a challenge when people ask who you are and what you do, and I'm like, well, I do this, this, this. Like, okay, I didn't need all of that information, Um, but I, you know, I've always done a lot of stuff with social media, and I've I just wrote my third ebook that came out like. A week ago two weeks ago I don't know I have no track of, I have no sense of time anymore um, I created a course I am just kind of in the state of creating content as it uh, like whatever I just feel called to say I'm just putting it out there and just kind of I, it's kind of what I've always done I just have always just kind of done my thing and seen what sticks and what doesn't and I just kind of have fun with it and so that's just kind of where I'm at with that <laughs>
1: Yeah, you're all over the place with a lot of stuff. Where can people go to sign up for your newsletter and and kind of um, just be up to date on what you're, what you're up to?
3: Oh, yeah. So um, you can always find me on Twitter. I am a lot more active on Instagram now than I used to be. And I'm at Lana Berry on Instagram. And you can find links to my course and my books and my newsletter and all of that on Instagram. Uh, usually that's all on my website, but that's getting redone right now. But yeah, you can find all that on my Twitter or my Instagram.
1: Well, in the middle of all that stuff, I'm really glad that um, you could take some time. I'm, I'm really appreciative because today we're going to talk about The Sandlot. The Sandlot is the 1993 movie about in the summer of 1962, a new kid in town is taken under the wing of a young baseball prodigy and his rowdy team resulting in many adventures. It's directed by David Mickey Evans He was also the writer and the narrator, and got a sixty percent on Rotten Tomatoes. So right off the bat, Lana, is this a Hall of Fame, All Star starter or benchwarmer sports movie? Yes, go ahead.
3: Sixty percent.
1: It only got sixty percent, which is a fucking crime.
3: (laughs) I was just—I immediately felt that in my heart, like I'm feeling really offended. It's a Hall of Fame movie. Like it's—it's one of the greats.
1: It's an all-time. It's almost a perfect baseball movie. It's—it's just. Perfect in so many ways. It is it is depressing that it's only 60%. And honestly, when I was going to look at it, I had to remember there was a big uproar about the rotten tomato score of the sandlot. And I was expecting it to be lower. And I feel like someone like artificially bumped it up because they were catching so much shit.
3: That how okay, so it was even lower?
1: that was my because people were complaining that it was low and i feel like it was lower before the before the complaining because like when i went to look i was afraid it was going to be like rotten or however they do it and it's technically fresh but 60 percent is just way too low
3: i just i'm it should be 100 or like 90 or i just don't understand how anyone could not love and enjoy that movie it's got james earl jones in it
1: i know I know. It's just, it's so good. And on this podcast, like the, the kind of focus of the podcast usually is like the realism or the authenticity, you know, that's kind of what we talk about. And with a lot of baseball movies, you know, you can kind of judge just based on the baseball stuff, you know, cause it's adults and it's like plot points that don't work and stuff. And th- it's this movie, it's like it's for one thing, it's easier to replicate athletic moments with kids. They really don't have to be as athletic. You're not gonna shit on a kid for not being very good at baseball because he's a twelve year old kid. Right. Um, the authenticity of the movie is just really about like what it was like to be a kid playing playground sports and, and growing up. Like the authenticity is instead of being a legit, you know, hardcore realistic baseball movie, it's just about the nostalgia and coming of age and this movie like crushes that perfectly.
3: It, yeah, exactly. It's so good. I mean, we have like what, like five seconds of professional baseball in the end, and that's you know. Yeah,
1: and that's it. Yeah, and even that's kind of cool. It is so, cool. Um, before yeah, yeah, before we get going with the topics, uh, I'm just gonna read off a couple of the IMDb trivia points. I'm starting to think that IMDb is kind of like Wikipedia, where anyone can upload stuff because some of the stuff I see, I'm like that. That can't be real, <laughs> but um a couple of like a couple of the notable things of like what we're going to be talking about uh, the the Bennies, old Benny and young Benny are played by brothers uh, Mike Vitar played young Benny and uh, Pablo Vitar I think played older Benny really uh, the one who's the one who steals home at the end yeah yeah they See were that
3: makes the movie even better. With a
1: considerable age gap. Yes. Yeah, yeah exactly. They, yeah, they, they really went all out to make it perfect. Um, the director had Tom Geary and Mike Vitar, who played Smalls and Benny, meet and rehearse together a few weeks before everyone else showed up to like establish their bond, which I think was really effective. Like that worked. Uh, Pia Flyers were brought back for a limited time after the movie came out. And then uh, the director had one clear instruction for Chauncey Leopardi, whose name I'd probably just murdered. Uh, who played Squints during the pool scene when he kisses Wendy, which was, quote, keep your tongue in your mouth. Oh. And and we'll talk about the uh, the squint scene in, in a little bit. Um, Lana, for you, what was the most authentic part about the movie?
3: Oh, my God. Well, all of it is. So I'm just trying to think of, like, what the most was. And the first thing that actually comes to mind is the dog. Because when you're a kid.
1: Oh, Hercules. Hercules.
3: When you're a kid. Like, you get this in your mind that, like, there's, like, you can't see it, but you hear, like, these stories and you, like, everything seems so much more larger than life than it actually is. And so that part of the movie, even now, I, like, it's just so true. And, like, to being a kid where you're just, like, like stories get repeated, but you think this dog's just going to be, like, 10,000 pounds and just, like, the biggest dog you've ever seen is just, like, a normal sweet dog which is always the case
1: I was honestly wondering how long we were going to get into the podcast before you mentioned the dog very quickly you're a a noted curator of dog memes and dog gifts so I was (laughs) I was wondering when you'd get to it um for me the most kind of like yeah the whole movie it's just like the nostalgia and the vibes of Sandlot Baseball like, I didn't grow up in the 60s, but I played, like, pick-up baseball games or backyard, you're playing with a tennis ball or whatever. Like, that stuff is perfect.
3: The great thing about that movie is that even though it takes place in the 60s, I don't even think I realized that when I watched it when I was a kid. Because it didn't seem... Like, I, mean, I remember thinking, like, his hat was weird. Because he had, like, his baseball hat was, like, a different size than maybe what they wear now. But, like, as, like it just didn't register for me at the time that it was, like, taking place that long ago. Which I also think is a testament to just how timeless it is, and how it could ha- be really be happening at any time.
1: Yeah, it holds up really well. Like, yeah, you're right for any era. I mean, any era besides like maybe once you get into like the internet and smartphones, right. it might be a little bit different. But for the most part, this our movie childhood. could have been from like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like this could have been the '90s, easy. right? And that's another thing that makes it so good is it's so timeless. Like I can't. I have a five year old. I can't wait to show him this movie.
3: It's so good. Like
1: it's it's perfect. Don't
3: show him the Rotten Tomato score.
1: <laughs> I'm not. Yeah, we're gonna be an anti Rotten Tomatoes household. We're not gonna trust those no. people. Uh, the only thing I had for like least authentic something that like legitimately. Small is Small's really gonna grab that baseball, like his stepdad's prize baseball. I really don't think that that kid has the stones to go home and get that ball and bring it out. Because, like, even if he doesn't hit it over the fence, he's seen enough baseball. He's got to know that ball's gonna get really fucked up. I don't think Small has the stones to grab that
3: baseball. You're right; that's true. I don't, but see, like, the thing is, he wasn't a big baseball fan because he didn't know who Babe Ruth was. But I don't think it was true for the character to have the guts to go do that
1: yeah i think i feel like he had enough common sense i mean he knew it was important well yeah, yeah he, he knew it was important i mean like little kids will do dumb stuff i mean adults will do dumb stuff so you know and they needed it for the plot it was a it was a great plot device but i just i don't know i don't see smalls going in there and grabbing that baseball i i, I don't know but you can't not have that aspect of the movie it was perfect
3: i know well though you would ruin like half the plot if it didn't
1: happen yeah yeah you can't there's not really a way to replace it (laughs) smalls has to have that just you have to just write it off as like smalls who seems like a pretty smart well-adjusted kid just being a dumbass like for 30 seconds just makes a really really stupid decision
3: do you think winnie peppercorn would have gone first Squints, and in real life no yeah
1: no way no winnie peppercorn has her eyes on benny clearly if there's if there's anyone in those in the in the of those kids she's kicking out of the pool she's like you know you guys all get out but tall tan one you can come <laughs> back without your friends
3: yeah ditch those losers uh
1: yeah so was that your was that your least wendy and Squint ending up together yeah. and having nine kids like yeah, getting please. incredibly busy please.
3: Wendy Wendy pepper court needs to aim higher than that
1: no yeah that's it's not a good look no not a good look um before we get into what worked is this like a question is this the most quotable baseball movie like it's shocking how many lines or stuff that's said all the time like i've i wrote down i think i tried to write down like the most quotable lines like obviously like killing me smalls used to hear that all the time yeah l7 weenie forever
3: forever
1: uh, you play ball like a girl. Come on!
3: We'll take you on right here, right now! Come on! Yeah! yeah. yeah. right yeah. now! Yeah. plan a real diamond porter. You ain't good enough to lick the dirt off our cleats. Watch it, jerk. Shut up, idiot! Moron! Scab eater! Butt sniffer! Yeah. Puss licker! Fart yeah. smeller! <sighs> You eat dog crap for breakfast, geek. You mix your weeds with your mama's toe jam. Yeah! You bob grapples in the toilet. And you like it. You play ball like a girl.
1: And then uh, heroes get remembered, but legends never die.
3: You're right. I never really thought about it, but I think you're right. I can't imagine another baseball movie or any sports movie that has that many quotes that are still used.
1: Yeah, like, I feel like everything in Bull Durham that's quotable, most of it is like a monologue. Yeah. So you can't really, like, you can't really rip out, like, Crash Day, like, his multiple speeches or anything. So, yeah, this is, it's very relatable, and it's stuff that kids can say, too.
3: Yeah, I mean, like, A League of Their Own has, there's no crying in baseball, but that's, like, it.
1: Yeah, everything else in there is just long monologues, <laughs> yeah. too. So, just another like another point for this movie. This is mostly going to be a praise podcast. We're just gonna just slobber all over. <laughs> I know.
3: Like we have what nothing... else
1: worked for you? <laughs> yeah,
3: it's just like let's just go through the entire movie and talk about how good everything was.
1: I'm fine with that. Let's just <laughs> this movie deserves it. We need to make up. We we have to make up for the forty percent that Rotten Tomatoes. Left okay,
3: out, I so. think my favorite scene is still when they're at the carnival and they. uh like eat all the tobacco and throw up everywhere, even though it's super gross. It's
1: that's also so incredibly authentic, it's
3: so authentic and so funny and so good.
2: Ah oh, crap! I almost forgot. Wait, wait. what? What? Uh, I was saving it for a good time. What is it? Big Chief, the best.
3: She's small. I suppose you don't even know who the babe is, either.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's plug,
2: What? Chewing tobacco? Backy, man. Huh? What do you do with it? You're killing me, Smalls. Chew of course. Do? Yes. Yes, sir, man. All the pros do. Yeah, yeah. Gives you tons of energy huh? Let's dip. Let's yeah.
1: Like I think I was a like I was around that age, maybe a couple years older. The first time I did that, and my I didn't puke on someone, but it was really similar in how they felt. And like that's a perfect scene. And when I first saw the movie, I didn't really get it. I was little, and yeah, and then I got into like middle school and high school. I was like, oh, that scene's even better now. And that they're playing uh, tequila, which is just the best song for it. So funny, so so good. good uh what word for me benny the jet is benny i is benny the nicest just the nicest fictional kid ever like he's just sweet baby angel benny the jet just getting smalls in the group and teaching him how to play baseball by the
3: way that might also be one of the unrealistic parts about the movie how he's like the most talented yeah it's just like he's so overly nice but also just like a superstar Which I mean, I know there are. I know a lot of really nice people, but I'm like, that's so over the top nice. (laughs) Like, I just don't understand.
1: Yeah, I mean, Benny is the he's the nicest kid in the neighborhood by far because all the other kids are super mean to him.
3: Although you know what, it's kind of like in real life, I guess, where the the talented, successful people aren't as insecure, and so they're generally kinder people. Whereas like the insecure people are a lot meaner. So maybe that
1: That's sure Benny is very yeah, confident in himself, be. but not in like a not in like no. a smarmy way. Uh, him hitting that ball the smallest glove is the most incredible athletic <laughs> feat I've ever seen.
3: He should be like a <laughs> hall of famer, like just for that. I don't understand.
1: That's like if you if you combine the Gary Matthews catch with Josh Hamilton's four homer game and like anyone's perfect game it's it's that impressive it's just absolutely amazing I mean technically that's unrealistic but it's part of what makes this movie perfect is him doing that is like the the legend of Benny the jet
3: right so no he has to be that talented
1: yeah smalls being the awkward new kid is also really re- realistic like the kid who moves in and has no friends that's uh that's, that's unfortunately that's extremely me. related I
3: know, I was like that's <laughs> I, I didn't have a Benny the Jet though, who was nice to me. No. Yeah,
1: there's no, there's no Benny the Jet when you move to a new school. When no. you move to a new neighborhood. There's, there's no Benny the Jets.
3: No, there aren't, and it sucks. <laughs> and so you're- there's
1: just like, there's just like that guy Chad who you don't really like, but he's the only person whose name you remember. So you just stick to him. for <laughs> You like just, six you years. just stick
3: to the one person who actually talks to you. <laughs> you're just like, I guess we're best friends now.
1: Yeah, Smalls. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, and Smalls was just fortunate to find the nicest kid, who's also the best athlete. Smalls has the—he's the first awkward new kid to befriend the coolest kid in school.
3: Yeah, ever in the history of Which the is, world.
1: What a what an accomplishment! I know. Uh, can we talk about Karen Allen as a mom, as Smalls' mom? Oh. I love the encouragement of telling him to like go get in trouble and stuff. She was such a great movie mom. I,
3: she was so good, and just the oh yeah, she was just. There are so many like uh, levels to her too that like as the movie goes on you're just like yes she's a fucking boss.
1: <laughs> she's great. She's a, like she the was the perfe- she was the mom Small's needed. Yeah. Oh yeah, okay. So let's talk about let's talk about Dennis Leary as his his turn as Bill the stepdad. Uh first there's like the awkward situation where Small's every time he sees him is like, "Hey dad, I mean, I mean Bill or whatever his name is, like" That so that that's awkward right Super away. Super awkward. Yeah, and then uh, the thing about playing catch when he's like he keeps like blowing it off, and he's like, ah, you know, I gotta finish this. Gotta finish this work. It's like playing catch. And then when he hits him, when they're playing catch, and the ball goes through his glove or hits his eye or whatever, and he's like, you gotta watch out for that curve. Why would you be throwing your stepson curve curveballs ball. when you're, you're playing catch? When, you, when you're trying to teach him how to play catch.
3: I don't... Yeah, I
1: don't... Well, my theory is he's one of those... So the first time you see him in the movie, he's like putting up all his old sports trophies in his little man room, Uh like in his office or whatever. And so I think when he got out there playing catch with Smalls, he was just like, I'm going to relive the fucking glory days. I'm going to throw my curveball. Yeah, now's the time. I'm going to show this kid how good I was. Show this (laughs)
3: kid who's boss.
1: The kid who can't catch and cannot throw at all. I mean... That's another thing about how good Benny was, though. Smalls was the worst athlete of all time, and Benny turned him into a serviceable baseball player in 30 seconds.
3: Which is a miracle.
1: It is. It...
3: Because the stepdad almost murdered him with a curveball.
1: Yeah, in real life, if that happens, like the stepdad you know, hits him in the eye with a curveball... Smalls never plays baseball again. He just goes to town with that erector set, and that's all he does.
3: No, that's therapy, and that's, like, years of therapy and years of not going outside, and he becomes a computer programmer.
1: Yeah, and, well, he gets the last laugh. He's richer richer than everyone, but he just has no friends. Well, yeah. I also love the game against, the like, the mean Little League team that just randomly rolls up on their matching uniforms and matching bikes. <laughs> But I'm like curious, like a gang. Like, yeah, who else do they play? Like, why do they show up? Like, don't they have a little league know. schedule? <laughs> it's, it's just the most random thing ever. <laughs> like, we're just rolling around it's in like our uniforms. It's like
3: a little league gang, and they just roll around to different baseball fields for kids playing and challenge them.
1: Yeah, it, that that whole scene, I hope like
3: that's what they do.
1: I love it, but I I also like you just think of the. Like the like them going around and doing that. It's like, all right, we're going over to the to the sandlot tomorrow and then tomorrow we're going over to that playground on like 51st Street and we're going to talk to those kids like I feel like they'd have a little league schedule to adhere to.
3: Maybe not. Maybe that's, that's just their game clothes.
1: The game, though, is one of my favorite know. scenes. Yeah, <laughs> the game when uh, it's just basically Hamilton Porter talking shit behind the plate is it, wonderful.
3: Better. It's gonna be a short game, and I gotta get home for lunch. <laughs> That's one. You know, if my dog was as ugly as you, I'd shave his
2: butt and tell him to walk backwards. The heater. Here it comes. I tell you. Strike three, hero. Hey, is that your sister out there in left field, naked?
3: naked shut up porter hey hey hey. i'm just throwing out a little
2: friendly conversation come on you think she'd go out with me come on show me your stuff
3: see what you got oh yeah he's my neighbor i mean
1: he's like a quote machine he's my neighbor in real life patrick renna is your neighbor in real life
3: yeah, he lives in my neighborhood. I see him all the time.
1: I mean, we can we can pause this if you want to go knock on his door at nine o'clock at night. I don't know.
3: And, okay, I don't and see
1: what he's up to. I'm I sure he'd love where, nothing more.
3: I don't know where exactly he lives over here, but I always see him like in the neighborhood. I know he lives over here somewhere. I'm sure he would love to join this.
1: I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, well, it's like it's like this and like Prudential commercials. I don't know. I, I mean, he's I know, been I know working what else steadily. Yeah, he's been, I mean, he's been working steadily. I've seen him in stuff, which you can't really say for a majority of the the child actors in this movie. So good for him. But that's, man, that's, a, yeah. that's such a random drop-in. That's awesome.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is really random. I kind of wonder if he's a Scientologist because there's like a Scientology building over here that I've seen him outside of a few times.
1: Oh, you hate to see that
2: yeah that's <laughs> like the most it. la
1: thing ever like yeah my neighbor is my neighbor is actually hamilton porter from uh from the sandlot and he's a scientologist now like you've got that that la story that everyone well, needs. yeah
3: that's my la story
1: it's it's a good one it's it's very it's very relatable for this podcast like i can't i'm glad that the person i got to do the sandlot on this podcast is is hamilton porter's neighbor i, I don't think i could have picked that any more perfectly
3: well I first found out about it because when Brandon McCarthy played here, he he and Amanda lived in my neighborhood too, and they like ran into him at uh, the coffee place they always go to, and I was really mad that they didn't like get a picture and post it on Twitter.
1: Oh yeah, because he's like the best person on Twitter too. I know. How would he not? That should have been his first thought.
3: I know, and then I saw, and then I saw him like on that same street like four different times <laughs> next like two months after that and I was like oh he lives here
1: yeah well I mean I'm sure it would be a great conversation starter where you could be like hey I was just on a podcast where we talked about you and your possible connections to Scientology for a
3: couple yeah minutes, so do you so. have anything to, to say about that yeah, <laughs> so if, yeah if, if
1: you want to come if you want to come over one night and have dinner with us like that'd be great uh. <laughs> Is there anything more gratifying than seeing your dog's excitement when you give them a new treat? Why not get that joy delivered to your door every month with BarkBox? BarkBox paw picks the best all-natural treats and innovative toys to match a dog's unique needs, including allergies and heavy chewer preferences, and delivers them right to your door. BarkBox is a great way to try a variety of treats and toys from local and small businesses that you may not otherwise be able to find. New and unique toys continue to keep dogs engaged, interested and happy. And if your dog doesn't like something in the box, BarkBox will send you something they love for free because they're all about dog happiness. For listeners of Big Screen Sports, Barkbox is offering an opportunity to treat your pets to one free extra month of BarkBox at getbarkbox.com slash big screen. Just choose your dog size and choose a one, six, or twelve month plan and get BarkBox shipped to your door on the 15th of every month. All plans ship free and can be canceled anytime. So remember, Go to getbarkbox.com slash big screen and treat your pup every month with barkbox. That's getbarkbox.com slash big screen. Now back to Lana and the Sandlot. Um, Question for you Is this the smartest group of kids ever, the Sandlot gang? Like they do that when they're trying to get the ball back, they do that thing with the vacuum, they do that thing with the erector set. They just seem much more, they have a lot more ingenuity than kids these days, it seems.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's very impressive and it makes me wonder what else they're doing besides playing baseball because they have a lot of skills that seem to take some time to develop. But
1: Yeah, well, it's it's great because they put the games on hold completely really for like the second half of the movie. Like as soon as that ball yeah. goes over the fence, it's like, all right, guys, we're no longer a baseball team. We're a science team. We're retrieving that ball and it's, it's really impressive.
3: Well, they did invent the mini malls
1: oh yeah the kids yeah the kids with the mini malls yeah the whole the the whole team seems to end up being pretty successful besides the dude who just gets lost in the 60s (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, Bertram (laughs) shout out to Bertram who gets lost in the 60s he's the only like they they put Benny in the big leagues but they're just like yeah Bertram went to Woodstock and no one really ever talked and
3: no one no one saw him after that we don't know
1: Yeah, interesting interesting cop out there or interesting uh interesting note. Like the kids get to invent mini malls, but one kid just now we like they don't know. we they <laughs> they looked at the character and they looked at the the child actor playing him like you are getting lost at Woodstock. That's that's what you get. That's that's tough. <laughs> um I one more question, why did so Benny, the first thing when Nice Benny he gives Smalls the hat. Benny's weirdly rocking an extra glove and an extra hat in his in his waistband, which
2: that is I, weird. like I
1: appreciate a I appreciate a guy who lives for baseball like, as much as how, anyone. But
3: yeah, my question is how they don't have extra balls, but they have extra hats and gloves.
1: Yeah, Benny's just like a walking plate against sports, and he's just got. Gives gives Smalls a hat, but he tells Smalls to throw that his old hat in the fire, and then like thirty years later, Smalls is wearing that hat while he's calling Dodgers games. Like you're the voice, you're calling Dodgers games. Like you're not you should wearing have a better hat, like a
3: hat at all.
1: <laughs> yeah. Also, that. like that's the worst hat. It's like it's like I got a fish on it. It looks terrible. Like you're the voice. That hat has no sentimental value so, to you. It was the thing that.
3: Does does Vin Scully just not exist in this alternate universe?
1: That would have been the only thing that makes this movie better. The only thing. Instead of having Smalls calling the Jets stealing home, it would be Vin Scully calling the Jets stealing home. I think that's the only way you improve the movie.
0: Clutch situation of the season. They say the Jets lost a step or two, but I wouldn't be surprised to see some fireworks here. The Jets got a suicide lead, and
2: and there he goes. He's stealing home. They don't steal my own. Home.
3: You can't just not yeah. have Vince Gulley
1: there. Yeah, it's like, no, the Dodgers fired Vince Gulley and, and hired Smalls. <laughs> Fucking Smalls.
3: <laughs> because because <laughs> Benny the Jet said so.
1: Yeah, that's like if Kershaw, like, like after one of his Cy Young career, whenever he's negotiating a contract, he's like, yeah, you guys got to get rid the of Vince Gulley. My childhood my, my, friend. <laughs> my, my pal Dave really wants to call Dodgers <laughs> games. He's a big baseball fan. He didn't know who Babe Ruth was until he was 12, but this is our guy.
3: He's never done it before, but I think he'll do a really good job.
1: Yeah, we're just going to give him Dodgers games. Like, no, no, we're, we're not going to start him in, in A-ball. Like, No, let's just bring him to the Dodgers games. <laughs> Uh, you think the second the second that uh, Benny retires, they fire Smalls?
3: Like, <laughs> yeah. You... By the way, that you know what? That might be the most unrealistic part of the movie. At what point in time, like as hard as it is to get a broadcast job, broadcasting games, did he manage to broadcast for the same team Benny the Jet plays for?
1: I mean, it had to have been a thing that Benny hooked up.
3: It has to be.
1: Like, if Benny was the Mike Trout of his generation. And, it,
3: and he would have to be a Mike Trout because, like, he might get traded if he's not Mike Trout.
1: Yeah. It's, yeah, it sounded like he was finishing out his waning years with the Dodgers. Also, like, I think they're supposed to be living in California. The movie was filmed in Salt Lake City. But I think they're supposed to be living in California. So Benny, drafted by the hometown team, gets his hometown buddy sure. to be the uh, the <laughs> announcer. It's just a fairy tale, fairytale story for Benny the Jet Rodriguez.
3: It's what who's Penny still deserves. like,
1: and I the TV broadcast? The TV broadcast would have picked that up too, of like him like giving the thumbs up to his broadcaster buddy. It's like oh and there's god. Benny the Jet giving another thumbs up to his <laughs> his his nepotism <laughs> friend, calling the calling the Dodgers games.
3: Uh, oh my god! You really can't be a fair and balanced announcer when your childhood best friend and the only person who has ever been nice to you in your entire life got you the job.
1: Yeah, like, at what point was Benny rung up and Smalls was just, like, on air, like, oh, that was fucking bullshit, that ball, <laughs> that ball was, that was three balls outside.
3: I think, we, see, that should have been the sequel to The Sandlot, is how <laughs> he got this job, and then, then just do him doing the job.
1: I feel like it, that's, like, a dark movie. It's a, it, it, that movie gets ugly.
3: It's still a movie I'd like to see.
1: There's a scene where Vin Scully's leaving the booth for the last time, not after singing, (laughs) not after like singing to the crowd, like he actually did, but he's more just like grabbing a box with his shit and just leaving, looking all sad.
3: (laughs) And Smalls comes in with a fucking baseball hat on.
1: (laughs) With his, no, the fish. The fish fish is on the front.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Which somehow still fits him, even though he's, Many many years older.
1: Yeah, but Benny's hitting three eighty, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a it would have been a great sequel. Okay, um, let's go to the the Lenny Harris Award for Best Supporting Character. I've got three nominations. Uh, feel free to throw out more. There's Hamilton Porter, probably the most quotable character ever, Squints, okay. and then uh, Mr. Myrtle, played by James Earl Jones.
3: I was going to say James Earl Jones before you said anybody.
1: Okay, yeah. Good dynamite performance by James Earl Jones just showing up at the end. Yeah. But I've got a thing about that. When he he gives him the ball and he's like, it was signed by Babe Ruth. And he's like, George signed this? Like, really? Was he really calling him George? (laughs) Like, were they on those terms? Was anyone on those terms? Was anyone calling Babe Ruth George?
3: Yeah, well, that's a good question. What was anybody calling him George?
1: Need to fact check that one. But other than that, other than James Earl, than Mr. Myrtle being on extremely first name terms with Babe Ruth, uh, I enjoyed enjoyed his performance in the movie being the nice old blind man who saves the day.
3: Who knows Babe Ruth?
1: <laughs> the one the one guy that you can lose a Babe Ruth autograph ball in his backyard and you come out in better shape.
3: <laughs> it just so happens that that's my best friend and i have mountains of babe ruth signed balls here take this better one
1: yeah luke Gehring <laughs> signed this one too the whole the best team ever signed this ball here you go lucky you hit it into my fence
3: yeah i think we need more backstory on him <laughs> i need to know i mean like how this blind man even like knows this. about baseball
1: yeah well when we talk it out like this it like it sounds it sounds so ridiculous but in the movie it works perfectly like yeah. you don't question it when you're watching you the movie question you're, it. Just
3: like, you're like oh, of course like, of course he knows babe ruth how could he not
1: yeah his good friend george of course he's got that ball like, yeah, like it just please. yeah like you, they're not gonna let uh, let Smalls' stepdad be furious at him. Like they'll give him something better. He's gonna, you know, he's gonna get it better. I wonder how, like Bill, how the stepdad explains that ball to his buddies.
3: Right. Well, how could he? <laughs> like, even if he says everything he knows, yeah. they're like, what? <laughs> so, well, yeah, my, my, my stepkid <laughs> hit this ball into this yard and ended up being the house of a blind man who <laughs> is friends with Babe Ruth. but <laughs> like he, he just only gave was him friends this with ball. Him.
1: Yeah, not only was friends with him, but had a, all this baseball shit. It just memorabilia like, warehouse.
3: I just need to know, like, was he previously not blind and a huge baseball fan and then became blind? Or has he always been blind and...
1: Well, no, he says that he says he was crowding like, the plate and he got beaned. was a beanball. Oh, okay. He's a beanball. So he blind played guy, baseball
3: so. with with Babe Ruth, I guess. And now Babe Ruth feels bad. Be- Maybe Babe Ruth is the one who beaned him and felt really guilty, so he just kept sending him all this stuff.
1: That'd be such a deep cut.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to understand how this happened because
1: I mean, also, that's what we do on like this in podcast. Real
3: life, well, in real life, when you're friends with an athlete, you generally don't have them sign a bunch of shit for you. <laughs> so I also want to know why, if they're like on first name basis, why he has a bunch of baby stuff.
1: Yeah. he's like, Hey, hey, George, will you pass this around the entire team real quick? I just need something that I'm going to need to hold on to for the next 40 years before I give it to <laughs> a random kid. It works perfectly in the movie. You don't question it at all in the movie.
3: No, I've literally never questioned it until this moment.
1: Yeah, we're, we're actually doing a dessert. Rotten Tomatoes is listening to this podcast. Like, mm mm-hmm. Maybe it
3: should be lower than 60%. <laughs> <laughs> it's a kid's movie, okay? Stuff doesn't have to make sense.
1: Well, and to this movie's credit, like, there are... I always come back to Trouble with the Curve is the worst because it's a super self-serious baseball movie that tries to make you think that it's the smartest dude in the room and it's really dumb. This movie is not trying to do that. This movie is just trying to be super nostalgic and fun and really convenient. And when you need a replacement for a signed Babe Ruth baseball, it's going to come up with something a it's little off the It's just going to come there. Wall. You can just
3: manifest it. <laughs> like, don't exactly. even worry about it. Exactly. <laughs> what so the funny thing is is like now that we're talking it out, I'm like they could have ended it with like a heartfelt life lesson is that like people make mistakes but people will still love you anyway and that it's about the experience and not about the stuff you have. But no. <laughs> we're not going to teach that lesson. We're just going to replace the ball with something even better and everyone's happy.
1: That's like the entourage lesson like hey, it's all going to work out in the end. <laughs>
3: Uh, and then benny becomes a pro baseball player everyone's super successful except for the one that gets lost at woodstock and everyone lives happily ever after
1: squints gets to have nine kids with a woman of his dreams actually you know what squints and wendy do not live happily ever after i
3: know i was gonna say is that winning though i don't know that that's great (laughs) that sounds like a nightmare
1: yeah and and they own what do they they buy the drugstore yeah, they so, own the drugstore with their nine kids.
3: <laughs> Jesus, that Christ. is tough. Oh, at least they can have their own tough. baseball team.
1: Yeah, Squints is the happiest man alive. Wendy, is Wendy not. was like I should have.
3: Wendy's like, yeah, I should have tagged along
1: with that Benny kid.
3: No kidding. Can you imagine how much better her life would have been?
1: Oh yeah, I mean she'd be living in L.A., married to a professional baseball player, and instead she's running the drugstore with <laughs> the nine kids with with the kid who was referred to as Squints. <laughs> The homecoming Queen ends up with Squints, who like technically kind of like sexually assaulted her when she was a that teenager, is like
3: true
1: it's really worst case scenario for Wendy peppercorn. She Shit. really got a raw deal in this movie
3: this is you're right, this is really fucked up, <laughs> actually, I
1: just want to say again that this movie is perfect. This movie, is, perfect. About this movie is always great. Vouch and for it this should not movie. be
3: different at all um
1: yeah <laughs> yeah anyways yeah lenny harris pinch hitter award for best supporting <laughs> best supporting character mr myrtle for sure and
3: um, the dog and the dog
1: and the dog okay yes hercules was also known as beast yeah he he's a good he's a good pick i knew you would i knew you would vouch for the dog on this of podcast um let's go into the big chill which is the moment that in any sport any good sports movie has a moment that like makes the the hair on the back of your neck stand up or really gives you the chills and this movie for me there's really only one and it's the fourth of july game which is like the most beautiful scene ever yeah you're right
0: there was only one night game a year on the fourth of july the whole sky would brighten up with fireworks giving us just enough light for a game. We played our best then, because I guess we all felt like the big leaguers under the lights of some great stadium. Benny felt like that all the time. We all knew he was gonna go on to bigger and better games, because every time we stopped to watch the sky on those nights like regular kids, he was there to call us back. You see, for us, baseball was a game. But for Benjamin Franklin Rodriguez, Baseball was life.
3: I don't know. Yeah, I think that's it.
1: There's really nothing else. Like the whole chase scene, like Benny getting the ball, doesn't really give you the chills. Like the 4th of July game, I will queue up on YouTube sometimes. And I'm just like, I want to watch this. This makes me feel happy. It's like self-help.
3: I think probably the first couple times I saw it, the end probably gave me chills. Like when Benny was playing for the Dodgers. But now it doesn't.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, now you got, we got all those. Cause you're like, oh my Smalls God. Like, look how you.
3: well everything turned out. And you're like, all right, movie's over. <laughs> like,
1: yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's the 4th of July game. You've got the fireworks, all the kids staring up at the fireworks. Benny's rounding the bases. It's perfect. Yeah. It's just a perfect, perfect moment. And for like best on best and worst on screen athlete, like in some movies, there's a lot of choices. In this movie, like they're all kids. There's really, you're it not going to be and like, Benny's oh, the only good one. Yeah, exactly. Benny's the best on screen athlete. Like, that kid actually looks good. The rest of them, like, yeah, they, they swing a bat okay. They throw and catch smalls the ball. Is trash. They're 12. Yeah, s- small's his dog. I mean, <laughs> being 12 and like he can't even throw the ball to start, like it just like f- flops out of his hand. That's a tough look.
3: Yeah, it's it's it doesn't bode well for him. It's like I don't even understand why he's showing an interest.
1: (laughs) Like you Yeah, it it doesn't seem like he liked baseball at all to start out with. It doesn't. He's just like, yeah, I need friends, so I'm gonna join the the Sandlot baseball team. Like I feel like he would have like enjoyed more like finding a kid with an erector set.
3: Right. Like, that's, I, I've never done that. I've never been like, hmm, I need friends. Let me go find them doing something I've literally never done before instead of finding friends that have the same interests as me.
1: <laughs> Let me show them my no talent and see if they <laughs> like me and take me as one of their own. Uh, uh, the, the tall, really good-looking, athletic one. He should, be, he should be very nice. I'm sure he'll take me under his wing.
3: Everything will work out just fine,
1: <laughs> and it does. It works out perfectly. Yes. Ends up calling Dodgers yeah. games. Things go perfect Things, for small. It
3: couldn't go any better.
1: <laughs> um, would you? How would you improve this movie? Would you improve it? Like we, I mean, we've kind of said it's perfect. There's really no improving it.
3: I can't imagine, even after everything you said, I can't imagine changing anything. Like I said, I think. They could have done the end of end of the movie differently and it still would have been good. Um where you just kinda teach a different lesson, but I don't think it would make it better. It would just be different. Um Yeah, I don't think so either. I can't I don't know. I don't think so. It's just perfect. I would be offended if someone changed something.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't want them to remake it. This would be this it would be like a cardinal sin. Like you just cannot Remake this movie, but if you're making it in 2019, maybe you add a couple girls to the team, because it yeah. is the neighborhood team. But at at the same time, like I don't, you know, if if we're just gonna go back and change the original, I don't think. I mean, it's perfect in its ridiculous way. Like, I love the fact that Mr. Myrtle knew Babe Ruth in the nineteen twenty-seven Yankees. I know, that's awesome.
3: It is awesome.
1: I love that Benny can hit the ball from home plate all the way into left field and just directly into Smalls' glove. That's sweet. Um, it's just a perfect movie. Just showing them. I can't like I can't describe like the emotion and the nostalgia it brings up in me watching those kids just play baseball and n- not a game format just playing around like playing in the neighborhood that is very nostalgic it is very effective and it makes it a very unique baseball movie and it's definitely a hall of fame movie
3: yes yes yes
1: and and i'm very appreciative that you came on this podcast and took the time to talk about uh, Mr. Myrtle and his his famous <laughs> friends and is calling Dodgers games. Lana, thank you so much. Where can the people follow you and keep up with everything that you're doing?
3: Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Lana, very hard, um, and on Instagram at Lana Berry. And my website is lanaberry.com but it's down right now. But maybe someone will be listening to this at a different time and it won't be down. So that's pretty much it.
1: Awesome. Well, everyone go check that out. And Lana, thanks again for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. If you've enjoyed this episode of Big Screen Sports, please remember to subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Go check out previous episodes on movies and interviews. We interviewed uh, Luke Edwards from Little Big League on Tuesday of this week, so that interview's fresh up. Uh, We've also got upcoming episodes on Tin Cup, Bad News Bears, and Necessary Roughness, so be on the lookout for those. Make sure to follow on Twitter at big underscore screen sports and Instagram at big screen sports pod for upcoming episode info and just some general sports movie content. With that, thanks again for listening and we'll see you next week.